say your name, everybody will say your name. Are you willing to do that? Would you say your first name? Adrian. Adrian. Ernest. Ernest. Alan. Maya. Maya. Kiku. Greg. Greg. Ian. Danielle. Yoko. Kimberly. Carol. Luke. Gail. Andrea. Peggy. Sasha, Ben, Justin, John, Dyson, Kristen, Tenshin Zenki. Zenki. I, I partly said that because that name will be, I'll talk to you about that name. It's, it's a teaching. Uh, there was a kind of an announcement for this retreat. Five-day session, Bodhisattva Samadhi. Did any of you see that? Um, so are you familiar with the word Bodhisattva? Are you familiar with the word Samadhi? No? So um, one of the aspects of this retreat is that uh, you're here now, and then um, some other people are coming later. If I were to explain, if I were to talk to you about samadhi today, and then you understood it, and then other people come in, and they didn't hear, right? So then I, do I tell them again, and you have to listen to it? Or do I tell them again in a way you didn't hear? Or maybe I just don't tell you anything until they come so that you won't be ahead of them. So that's part of what's going on with this retreat. Bodhisattva Samadhi. So um, Samadhi can... One definition in the dictionary for samadhi is a state of awareness, a mind, a cognition. Which is calm, collected, gathered, 
open, flexible, undistracted. So it's not just being like, okay, I'm here, I'm not distracted. It's also I'm here, or not even I'm here, being here, not being distracted, and yet being open, not being rigidly focused, but being focused in a relaxed and open way. I brought this stick, which in it's also sometimes called a kotsu. It's a a device that is carried by um, teachers when they teach. And on this particular one, it says, diligently cultivate, diligently develop tranquility. And the word that's used for tranquility, it's a Chinese character. These are Chinese characters written on here. The word for tranquility also means stillness. And it also means silence. Um, I think the German word stellen means still and silent. So in English, we have two words, stillness and silence. Samadhi is both stillness and silence and calm and open. So it doesn't actually use, this doesn't actually use the character for samadhi, but it describes stillness, silence, and tranquility, which are characteristics of samadhi. Samadhi is stillness. And this stillness um, is totally generous, so it allows all activities. The samadhi, you could say the samadhi acts, or the samadhi is an activity but it's an activity in stillness. No activity reaches it. No words reach it, but it can talk. It's an awareness that can talk that no words reach. It's an awareness that can make gestures that no words reach. It's an awareness that can think, that no thinking reaches. And then there's the term bodhisattva. So there's different types of samadhi. Some samadhis are samadhis of bodhisattvas and buddhas. 
other samadhis are samadhis of beings who do not officially, consciously, aspire to being bodhisattvas. In the early, not in the early or in a, a very, I don't want to use the word common, but a, in a well-accepted presentation of the practice of the Buddha way, it's sometimes described as having three aspects. Shila, Samadhi, and Pradnya. Shila being ethical discipline, ethical practice. Samadhi being this state of awareness, which I'm just beginning to talk to you about. And wisdom, the realization of truth, which is liberation from stress and all kinds of suffering. Those three are sometimes presented as three. In the Bodhisattva Samadhi that I'm talking to you about, however, these three are all included in the Samadhi. But some other ways of, some other people think about the Samadhi as um, one of the three. Many beings over the last several thousand years, have wished to be personally at peace and personally in a blissful state of life. And there are samadhi practices for people who have that aspiration. They develop states of stillness and silence and calm as part of the process of becoming personally free of suffering and at peace. And um, when I... We could talk about that path, but... uh, I'm feeling that if we talked about that path, we might not have time to get to the Bodhisattva Samadhi. I saw a book one time with the title of it was something like, In This Very Life. And uh, I think the message of the book was, In This Very Life, you can realize, you can become personally liberated from suffering. That's one presentation of the path of individual liberation. And up there, I just saw up there in the bookshelf, it had these three volumes. One volume was 
the path of individual liberation. The next path was the bodhisattva path of compassion and wisdom. And then it had one more volume called the path of indestructible wakefulness. The bodhisattva path is the path of complete, perfect enlightenment of the Buddhas. And the Buddhas, and particularly the historical Buddha in India, was a complete, perfect enlightenment Buddha, but that Buddha taught the individual vehicle, it looks like, to to some of her students. But that Buddha had the ability to teach this individual vehicle and also had the ability to teach the bodhisattva vehicle, the bodhisattva samadhi. But the Buddha seemed to be teaching the individual vehicle samadhi in the early historical presentations. The point of being a Buddha is that you can... um, You can teach more efficiently. You can liberate beings more completely. And also you can teach beings how to be Buddhas. There is a level of understanding which which there's a samadhi which gives individual liberation. And if you take that samadhi quickly, which is possible, you might not be able to work with other living beings in such a way as to develop the requisites for making a Buddha. If you check out, if you become free of suffering too early, you cannot do the Bodhisattva Samadhi. And so, and and many people come to Zen centers and they say, uh, at least when they come to the Zen centers I've been in, the number of them say to me that they aren't interested in being Bodhisattvas. They do not wish to become Buddhas. That's too much for them. Saving all beings is too much for them. What they'd like to do is just have personal freedom and bliss, and they ask if they can stay, and so far I've always said yes. Today when I'm telling you that, I think maybe I'm I'm just kind of shy from what would happen to me if I said no. If people found out that I told the people who wanted personal liberation that they couldn't stay at Zen Center, (laughs) I would probably be forced out. So I think bodhisattvas might let people who don't want to be bodhisattvas stay at a bodhisattva training center. They might. But some Zen masters and and some bodhisattvas in history, when people come and tell them that they want to be uh, personally liberated and they're not interested in the bodhisattva path, some of the bodhisattvas have said, get out. That's... That was the way that they were bodhisattvas 
with these people who said they didn't want to be bodhisattvas. But other times they say, oh, we need people like you here. We're all bodhisattvas, but we need a few people who don't want to be bodhisattvas. (laughs) So thanks for coming. Also, in the, in the Sashin admonitions, which, which Eno uh, Ian, uh, Ian just read, he, uh, he read something like, be silent and still. So I, I sometimes almost say to people, be silent and still, like I just did. But I try not to say that. What I actually say is, I don't even, I say, I pray that this great assembly will remember silence and stillness. I don't say, be silent and still. The reason I, well, I don't know the reason, but anyway, I think the, the reason why I, don't say be silent and still, is because I'm going with the teaching that you are actually already silent and still. So I don't say be silent and still. I don't, like I don't say be a human being. I say remember that you're a human being. I mean, I don't even say that. I say, I pray that you will remember that you're a human being. I would really, I would be really wanting that, that you would all remember that you're a human being. And I would, I, I want that you will remember silence and stillness. So some people think of samadhi as something you get, something you do something. Uh, They think of samadhi as as the state of stillness and silence and openness and ease and relaxation, which you get by doing certain exercises. And there are teachings which I have offered which um, sound like if you give up discursive thought, if you give up wandering thoughts, if you give up your thinking, moment by moment, if you attend to giving up your thinking, that effort will come to fruit as a state of openness and tranquility and stillness and silence. 
as many of you know, if you're, uh, if you're, you've heard that if one is silent and still and mindful of posture and mindful of breathing, that you will become calm. If, if I'm mindful of my breathing and posture, that mindfulness might be conducive to me letting go of my thinking or the thinking that's going on in mind. It also, being mindful of posture and breathing might be conducive to letting go of thinking about breathing and letting go of thinking is compatible with realizing stillness and silence. But I'd like to point out that you could also see it as You already are silent and still. And if you're holding on to your thinking, which is normal, you're kind of distracting yourself from being undistracted. You're already undistracted. But if you don't let go of your thinking, you may have trouble believing and understanding that you're not distracted. I intend to tell a story, but I think I should wait to tell it later when more people are here so they'll know the story. But a brief version of the story is... We are already, we are already at home. We're already in our true home. But we don't fully realize that, most of us. In order to realize that we're already home, it looks to be the case that we have to go away from home in order to realize that we were all that we are always home it's part of our nature that we're always home and it's part of our nature that without a certain narrative process we don't realize it And part of the process is we have to dream of going away from our home. And the longer we're away from our home, the more stressed and needy we become. Until finally, we're willing to do the work of basically remembering our home. And working at that 
until we actually understand that we're home and that we've always been home, even during the period when we were like dreaming that we weren't home. We were home when we dreamt that we weren't. And dreaming that we're not is suffering. And while we're suffering, dreaming that we're not home, we're on the path, you could say, of returning home, and you can also say the path of realizing that although we're returning home, we never really left. The word refuge, the Latin word, the root of the, of the word refuge is Latin, which is re-fuge, which is to fly back. Refuge is to fly back. Refuge also means a place of safety and ease. It means both of those things. It's our home. And the Sanskrit word for refuge also has these two meanings. One is a safe place, a place we can really rely on, and to go back. Saranam means like your home, a place of, a place a reliable place to live, and gachami means to go back. So refuge means relying and returning. Returning to what? To this samadhi, to the bodhisattva samadhi. Earlier we we did prostrations and the thought arose, what are we bowing to? And one response to that is we are bowing to this bodhisattva samadhi. That's what I'm bowing to. Bowing to the bodhisattva samadhi means I'm bowing to complete perfect enlightenment. Uh, noon service today, I think we might do a chant. English translation of a Chinese poem. The Chinese poem was written by a Chinese man who is called the founder of our tradition, one of the founders of our tradition in China. His name's Dongshan Liang Jie. Do you, you chant the um, ancestors here sometimes? No. Tozan Ryokai is a Japanese way of saying his name. Dongshan Liangja, Chinese. So he wrote a poem, and uh, the, the English translation of the poem goes something like, The English translation of the name of the poem is Song 
of the precious mirror samadhi. Song of the precious mirror bodhisattva samadhi. So maybe we'll recite that at noon service. For the last year or two, I've been focusing on this song with people. So I, I'm coming to celebrate this song with you. To sing this song. So part of the practice at San Francisco Zen Center is to sing that song on a regular basis. In training monasteries of, the, of this particular school, founded by the author of the poem, in training monasteries in Japan, they recite this poem almost every day. They sing this song almost every day. During the last practice period at Green Gulch that I was leading, we sang the song every day. Sang the song of the precious mirror samadhi. And then at evening service, we'll sing another samadhi song. Another bodhisattva samadhi song, which is called the self-receiving and employing samadhi. It's another samadhi song. Singing about the bodhisattva samadhi. Singing about the awareness that bodhisattvas are developing. In the song of the precious mirror samadhi, it starts out like this. Again, in English translation. The translation you have probably says, the teaching of suchness is intimately communicated by Buddhas and ancestors. Is that what you have? Hmm? Yeah, the teaching of suchness has been intimately communicated by Buddhas and ancestors. I agree with that. But I also would agree with the teaching of suchness is intimately communicated by Buddhas and ancestors. And I would also agree with teaching of suchness, intimate communication, Buddhas and ancestors. That's not a normal English sentence, though. But the Chinese says teaching of suchness, and then it says intimate communication, and then it says Buddhas and ancestors, or Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. So I propose to you... Oh, and then it says something after that I'll tell you right now. Then it says, now you have it. It doesn't say, uh, if you um, 
if you, uh, what? If you give up discursive thought, if you let go of your thinking, then you will have it. It doesn't say, if you're good boys and girls, then you will have it. It doesn't say that. It says, Buddhas and ancestors, now you have it. You now have Buddhas and ancestors. That's what it says. So I came here across the continent to tell you, Buddhas and ancestors, now you have it. You could say now you have them if you want to, but actually Buddhas and ancestors are not really many, but yet they are. Anyway, you've got all the Buddhas and ancestors. You have it now. They haven't been holding back. They've given themselves to you all along. They always, that's what they've always been doing. That's what they always are. You now have Buddhas and ancestors, which is the same as saying intimate communication, intimate transmission. Now you have it. The intimate transmission, which is the Buddhas and ancestors, you, we now have. This is a song about a samadhi, an awareness. We're singing about an awareness, which is intimate transmission, intimate communion, holy communion, you now have. The teaching of suchness. Uh, in the interview room, right over there, on the, on the wall, it says, Nyoze Ho, which is suchness teaching. So, I asked T if we can put that calligraphy up here on the altar so you can see that calligraphy. The teaching of suchness. The teaching of the way things really are. The teaching of the way things really are, you could say, is or has been transmitted. It's true, it has been transmitted. But also, the teaching, the, the teaching of the way things really are is intimate communion. Intimate communion is the way things actually are. And the way things actually are right now in this room is intimate communion. That's the way things actually are. And because that's the way they are, you have it. You have the way things actually are. And that is, Buddhas and ancestors are the way things are. And Buddhas and ancestors are the transmission of the way things are. And Buddhas and ancestors are the teaching of suchness. A lot of people think normally, when you think Buddhas have this teaching and then they teach it. It's true that they have this teaching and then they teach it, but the, 
the way they are is the way they teach it. They teach it by being Buddhas and ancestors. And you do it the same way. The way you are is intimate communion. This is our home. And we have to go away from it to realize it. And we have probably gone away a little bit. So we probably got that down. (laughs) Now it's about, maybe it's time to go home to the place that we never left, but have been dreaming that we left. Okay, so then the next part of the song is, I'll say the whole thing again, teaching of suchness, intimate communion, Buddhas and ancestors. Now you, now you have it. This is the samadhi you now have. Next line is, take care of it. Protect it. You've got it already. It doesn't say, it's already told you you've got it, so it's not going to say, well, so go get it. It doesn't say go get it. It says you've got it. So now that you've got it, this is a teaching for teachers. This is a teaching for people who want to help everybody else. You've got it. Now take care of it for the sake of this world. You have received it. Now employ it. You have received it. Now give it. So I, don't want, I, I want to be respectful of people who say, get it. Be it. So what I say again so, so how do you take care of it? There's many ways to take care of it. Actually, everything you do is an opportunity. Everything you say, every gesture you make, every thought that arises in your mind, all those are opportunities. Each one is an opportunity to take care of this samadhi that has been given to you So that's, and uh, in the chant we'll do at evening service, you may notice the line which says, when you express the Buddha mind, or the Buddha's, yeah, the Buddha mind, the Buddha mudra, the Buddha seal, when you express the shape of Buddha in all your actions, which means your speech, your thinking and your gestures. When you use your gestures and your speech to express the Buddha mind seal, and what's the Buddha mind seal? The Buddha mind seal, well, what is it? I already told you what, what is it? I didn't really tell you, but what's the Buddha mind seal? It's intimate communion. What's the Buddha mind seal? It's Buddha's, Buddha's of the Buddha mind seal. It's the teaching of suchness. When you express intimate communion with your gestures, when you express intimate communion with your words, when you express intimate communion with what you're thinking, okay? 
then the whole phenomenal world becomes this intimate communion, becomes the Buddha seal, becomes the Buddha mind seal. And seal is, again, translation of the word mudra, which means circle or shape, but also means like, you know, a seal of authenticity. The authentic seal is the seal of the Buddhas, the seal of intimate communion among all beings. That's the authentic seal of verification. When you express it in what you're doing, the whole phenomenal world becomes it. And the entire sky turns into enlightenment. And this is going on all the time anyway. You already have this. However, if you don't remember it, you may think you've wandered away from it. So what I say, and my prayer is, that this great assembly will remember Remember stillness. Remember this samadhi. Remember the intimate communion which has already been transmitted to you. I'm not prohibiting you from trying to get it. I'm not prohibiting you from trying to get the Buddha mind. I would caution you about it, because trying to get it is, what do you call it, it kind of implies that you think you don't have it. So it's, be careful of this trying to get complete perfect enlightenment. What I actually am praying for is that you remember it. You remember what has been given to you already. Remember what you have forgotten Remember what you may have wandered away from. Remember it. I pray that you all remember stillness of this samadhi. This, and stillness because where, it's where you already are. It's not over there. Stillness. Samadhi. Intimate communion. I pray that you remember this. And... I pray that you receive it. It's being offered. You've already got it. And what you already have is also continuously offered to you. It's it's given to you by intimate communion. And you have it by intimate communion. So I pray that you remember it and receive it, and practice it by remembering and receiving and realizing that you're going to practice it. And how are you going to practice it? By everything you do. And then transmit it. Give it to everybody else, which you're already doing. Everybody's giving it to you, and you're giving it to everybody. 
So I pray that you remember that. Receive that teaching of suchness. Practice it in everything you do. And, and by practicing it, transmit it. So many of us are quite well uh, quite into forgetting this samadhi. Or anyway, not paying attention, not remembering to pay attention to samadhi. And I was going to say step by step. A little while ago, I was walking, I walked like in that direction, and then I turned and walked that direction, and I was walking step by step. I took steps. Steps were being taken, and I was there. And there was an opportunity, step by step, to remember stillness, to remember the samadhi, to remember silence. to remember this communion and to receive it step by step. If I wasn't stepping, if I was standing, then standing by standing, sitting by sitting. Each posture is an opportunity to remember the samadhi. This is the bodhisattva samadhi. There's other kinds of samadhi. This is bodhisattva samadhi. This samadhi includes everybody. This samadhi includes all the people who don't think they're in samadhi, who don't believe that their mind is fundamentally silent and still. And it also includes people who would like to realize that for themselves and don't care about other people. They think. But actually, the people who do not want to devote their life to the welfare of all beings, that's the way that they are being devoted to the welfare of all beings. Everybody is on this path, no matter what you think. If you think you are, you still are. If you think you're not, you are in the way of thinking that you're not. If you don't want to be on this path, that's the way you're on it. That's what I'm saying. Not everybody would agree with that. Some people say some people are on this path and some people aren't. And some people say it's really a good path, but not everybody wants to be on it and they're not going to be on it, some of them. Some other people say, it's really a great path, this path of the samadhi, and it would really be good if everybody walked it. And then again, I'm saying, I'm sort of of the school, it really is a good path, and everybody is already on it. But it may take quite a bit of effort, and quite a bit of effort, and quite a bit of effort of remembering this teaching before you actually 
understand it. And remembering this teaching, remembering this samadhi, remembering this intimate communion, is how you, is how you is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. Every time you do it, it's an act of faith. And it it will realize itself. There will be a realization that this is where we always are and always have been, no matter what we think. No matter how distressed and distracted we become, we're always in this, at our home with more or less faith in our home. So once again, I pray that um, the great assembly remembers stillness, remembers this intimate communion, which is stillness. It's not a dead stillness. It's a completely vital and intense communion. That's what we really are. We are really a communion. I pray that the Great Assembly remembers that and receives that and practices that and transmits that. And the great assembly includes me and you. So I pray that I do, that I remember, and I pray that you remember. And I pray that you realize this, and the way you realize it is by practicing it. And I pray that you transmit it, and you transmit it by practicing it. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.